to another the next up podcast i'm your old pc 747 and first before we get started if you hear any bumping noise i apologize for that uh upstairs they doing some moving in the building upstairs and you know i tried to just hold off until i could but i would never get this going if i was to wait so i really want to get into today's show there's kind of a lot to talk about and i really didn't want to hesitate so hopefully it don't be too distracting um, but just in case you do hear like a little, uh, bumping sound in the background here and there, that's what it is. But I am kind of glad, very glad to be able to be before you guys today, just in, enjoying this opportunity to be able to talk to just my next up podcast group and those that listen to it. And I, I so appreciate that those who do take the time to, you know, to listen to the show, you know, before we get started, you know, I want to I want to go ahead and, and give you an idea what the next up is, why I got into doing this, and you know, basically my basic intro. So I am PC seven four seven. Just in case I did not um, state that in my intro, but you know, I am a tech fan, a tech nerd, and you know what? I didn't start out or grow up being a tech nerd. In his fact, it was the opposite. You know, it, it, in our household, me and my brother, it, it's like we literally switched places growing up. You know, he was the tech guy, you know, being a computer guy. We went to him for all the tech stuff. And I just love sports. You know, I really was not a tech guy. You know, it, when it came to smartphones and computers, I had to go to him for everything. And I, I never really gra- gravitated to it. He was the guy with the iPhone and the Apple computers. I was a guy who would never buy an Apple computer because I felt like it was overpriced and all that stuff. And my, how things have changed. And I got to say, the thing that changed that was the Motorola Droid. Now, it didn't change it like you may think, like, you know, the Motorola Droid came out and it just, quote, changed my world forever. You know, not necessarily that. In fact, I didn't go to the Motorola Droid at first. I think I came to the Motorola Droid out of circumstances. I had an iPhone 3GS and haven't picked it up after my brother kind of helped me through it and, and get through the basics. You know, I started having some issues with it. And as a result of me being frustrated, and it wasn't like an issue where I couldn't figure it out. No, it was actually a hardware issue. And AT&T at the time wouldn't handle it, wouldn't help me fix the problem. So... You know, and I couldn't get anything out of Apple at the time. So I got frustrated. I said, you know what? I'm done. I'll pick her up. I'm going to Verizon. And I went to Verizon. And it just happened. I went there at the time when they was unveiling a droid or releasing the droid. So, of course, you know, they wanted to sell their, their phone, the droid at the time. And that was obviously the phone the guy handed to me. And, you know, I, I couldn't make heads or tails. I knew it was a smartphone. But, hey, went home with it. I like the whole droid sound and all that stuff. You know, but I spent a couple of days frustrated at Mainly, I didn't have the NFL Sunday Ticket app. That was one of the things that I really enjoyed uh, with my iPhone VGS. I would listen to that work, just catching up to games on NFL Sunday Ticket. I just enjoyed plugging my iPhone VGS into like this boombox setup I had, where you can open up this little uh, door, slide your phone in there, and when you close your phone in there, it will charge the phone and play you know, the audio through the boombox. So I really enjoyed that feature. Worked very well for not just music, but, you know, but definitely for the NFL slate ticket. So so having that app for me was a very, very uh, cool app. And uh, I really enjoy using it. And I'm a big 49er fan here. And, of course, I use that to listen to the 49ers. And then when they weren't playing, whoever else were playing. But, again, I started noticing where 
I don't know, you know, it would just stop here and there. And, it, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And I would look at my iPhone and it was just showing no bars. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I, I rebooted, reset it. And like I said, you know, it started out just once or twice here and there, reset it, and everything was fine. And then it started happening more and more and more to the point where at one time it was almost useless. And at that point, I went to AT&T and said, listen, you know, I, I'm paying some good money with you guys. This is not working. What's going on? And they say, okay, it sounds like to me it's a hardware issue. So, okay, if it's a hardware issue, let's swap it out, keep it moving. And they wanted me to go through Apple who wanted to put a $600 a hold on my credit card in order to make this happen as far as getting it repaired. And I wasn't feeling that. I, mean, I just paid for this. You're not even a month old and I'm having problems and you want me to have to place a $600 hold on my credit card. And here's the deal. I didn't have a credit card then. And the reason for it is still now I don't have a credit card is I was doing the financial piece with Dave Ramsey. So I cut up, I mean, cut up all my credit cards and basically had a debit card. So for me to put a $600 hold on my, my debit card would have been kind of devastating for me, especially at that time when I had that issue, because, you know, I would work through my, my death snowball and I was at a, a very low period at that point. You know, I was so far, uh, I don't say in debt. Well, I was in debt. You know, I had a lot going on. I made a bad, some couple of bad decisions. You know, one bad decision in particular is I was doing one of those, um, your bank will offer you overdraft protection type where we give you a little bit of credit here and there before I knew it, man, it, it went from a hundred dollars here and there to where I was, I was like almost $2,000 owing the bank because they was hitting me here and there and I had to cut that off. So I'm, again, I'm working all that, all that out, cutting everything up, cutting all the credit up. So, you know, for me to put, take a $600 and, and have that out of my account, while they figured out the phone, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. So I, I wound up saying, okay, look, you're not going to help me with this. Let's go ahead and just uh, end, this, end this deal altogether. So I ended the deal, went to Verizon, and Verizon had the Motorola Droid, as I said earlier. Went home with the Motorola Droid, didn't do the things that the iPhone could do. So I was so quick way to turn the thing in. You know, wanting to pick up a BlackBerry Storm instead. You know, thankfully the guy didn't let me do that. I uh, went home, started being patient with it, and you know, eventually Sunday Ticket came to the Motorola Droid, and by that point, you know, Sunday Ticket just, you know, just started falling off in, in general. You know, I even tested it later on with the iPhone, uh, like years later, and just noticed that just that app in general just kept having issues, and in both the Google Play Store and the iTunes Store, people were just, you know, complaining about the issues, but Nevertheless, you know, having been in the Motorola Droid culture in the community, they brought me along and taught me, you know, what Android could do. And as I began to, you know, go down that path of trying to utilize Android to its fullest intent, man, that's what really led me down this 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 road to appreciating tech and and the main reason for it because I enjoy an innovation that is coming out of tech, just seeing how things are changing in our world is evolving because of technology and seeing that is what continues to drive me to this whole industry and being a fan of that is kind of what led me to creating the next up because I wanted a place to be able to showcase that whether it be through my website uh, my YouTube channel my podcast I want to be able to showcase that love for tech in a many ways and areas as possible. And that's basically what the next up is all about.
And really, this podcast is basically just that. Every week I sit down and the tech topics that stood out to me the most is really what takes, you know, front and center. And, you know, as I was sitting back yesterday and and kind of throughout the week, I, I kind of was preparing for today's show. And, you know, I had a couple of tech topics to go over, but I got to be honest with you, man, you know, I'm going to start today's show on something totally different. It's going to be outside of tech. And I'm pretty sure you guys have an idea what it is. You know, it's the thing that's that's kind of really shaping the talk that's going on right now. That's the coronavirus. Now, be mindful. Some of you guys, I know a lot of y'all, you guys are sick and tired of this, man. It's like everywhere you go, all you hear is corona, corona this, corona that. You know, it is really affecting a lot of your lives out there. You know, it's like your 401ks are just tanking, man. People are losing their jobs. You know, your whole world is just being devastated by this this, this virus. And it's frustrating. It's so frustrating that you can't turn your TV on. You can't turn around without someone talking about you. Like, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of you talking about it. Could you guys talk about something else? And I get it. I really get it. And I'm not trying to be the guy who is going to be the next person just to, to throw out the, the obvious. You know, because we all are affected by it. You know, just, I am just as affected just as you are, and you're just as affected as I am. You know, <laughs> churches are, are are telling people stay at home. You know, um, you know, NBA season's done. You know, March Madness, man. I, I had a trophy, you know, uh, picked out because we had a a contest I wanted to start. This was going to be year two, uh, what I call the the bracket uh, the bracket challenge, and with a winner of that that challenge would get a trophy. And, you know, to look at it, see the NCAA brackets contest, you know, everything is canceled. It's like, wow, <laughs> you know, and like a lot of you guys, I'm frustrated. We're all frustrated. And a lot of us just, if, if, if we're to be honest, we're frustrated because we're tired of it affecting our lives. But we also know, don't know what to make of it. You know, part of us feel like this is no more than just a common flu or sickness. And we'll be fine. And everyone just panicking over nothing and then there's another part of us like well we really don't know what it is you know we're still trying to figure it out and we're still trying to trying to get through it and you know everywhere we turn there's another person who got it there's another person who's sick with it and we really just don't know what to do man it's we're at a point where we're tired (laughs) and we're frustrated and we just don't know and we want to know more but at the same time, we want to know more without the fear. We don't want, want to know more without more families being affected in a bad way or more jobs just being so, like, feel like they don't know what to do here. Companies reacting, events being canceled. Everywhere you hear, South by Southwest, you know, uh, developer conference, Mobile World Congress, as we talked about in the past, you know, uh, just every time, everything we can think about. Everyone that says stay home because we don't know what to make of this. We don't know what to do. Race is being canceled. Uh, football, as far as the NFL draft, may be affected. So there are just so many industries that are being affected by this virus. And we know how this works. We're all affected. We're all connected. You know, uh, the travel industry that relies on the money of people going to these events, whether it be Mobile World Congress, whether it be the Game and Developer Conference, whether it be E3, whether it be, you know, um, 
these basketball tournaments. All of this tourism is gone, which means money that's supposed to be pouring into each of these communities, potentially gone because we're so I guess afraid, but we're trying to be cautious. We don't know what to make of. So everybody's being told basically to stay home. You know, I was at a restaurant, you know, because you know, a lot of times I go um, to one of these places, sit down and just kind of type up some stuff, some final notes for the show and grab a little breakfast. And I just overhear one of the um, the servers talking to a customer talking about, man, their company is talking about, you know, we're, we're about to just go ahead and just shut the doors and just have a fast, I mean, not fast food, but just a drive through only. And you realize, man, we are at a point where it's it's like our nation has been impacted in a way that hasn't been impacted in a while. If we look at the way the number of industries that's been impacted by this virus, you know, I don't think SARS or H1N1 has had this effect. In fact, I would say the last big event that has such an effect on the industry all over, I would say it's 9-11, at least for the U.S., but unlike 9-11 where it affected the U.S., corona is affecting everyone all over the world. You know, it's just not a, just an American issue. You know, it, it's everywhere, and it's affecting everyone equally, and we just don't know what to make of it and how to handle it. But if I may, because I, I know we're tired of the negativity. We're tired of turning on the news and and you feel like the world is coming to an end. You feel like, you know, if you were to listen to the news, you might well stay in your house in a bunker and, and just pray for the storm to be over. Because that's the way it seems. And I'm going to be honest with you, you know, especially after reading the email that, you know, uh, a couple of emails that I've seen in, in regard and their reaction to this virus and their response to it, as they all decide to close things and shut things down, it literally feels like everyone is telling you to go to your bunker and stay in there and don't come out. Don't come out until you're told it's safe. And I'm not telling anyone to do that. Now, obviously, continue to be be mindful if you're sick, if you're not feeling well, definitely take precaution. And for those that are, you know, are going out and about, go about your daily lives, enjoying it, but also still use precaution. But may I say this? There is going to be light at the end of the tunnel. There is going to be, there is going to be a, a, a rising sun here where it seems like all is lost. All hope is gone. All you hear is negative. All you feel like you you it's over. Can can I challenge you here to turn off the news just here and there? I'm not saying being uh, being naive to the situation. No, but don't allow yourself to be so inundated with nothing but negativity all day long. That's going to drag down your psyche and bring you into a realm of where you just feel hopeless and lost and have no way out of it. And you feel, find yourself not just frustrated, but panicked and not knowing what to do. Not knowing who to trust. You know, because if you bathe yourself in all of this news and 
whether it be through social media or through the TV you turn on or even negativity of your coworkers and neighbors and friends just, just dragging you down with what it feels like hopelessness, you're going to find yourself in that hopelessness. And when you're in that hopelessness, then you're just in that darkness. And honestly, I don't think this is a time to be in darkness, but in a time to be uplifted because look in this time right now in this nation where we're all just so worried and confused and not knowing what to do this is time the time we can all shine and help each other out because this right now if we are to be honest the election period where we are basically supposed to be at odds with each other because we want to have different point of views we can set that aside because you know, no matter where you stand, whether it be politics, religion, whatever your ideology is, you know, we got something that's bigger than all of us right now. And we can use this time to show that we are bigger than all of that. Being willing to offer a hand to your neighbor. And I get it. I get, you know, look, offer your hand to your neighbor at a time like this. Unless my hand is in a glove, that's not happening. But come on, this is the time we really do need to step up. This is a time where we can use innovation to in technology to help us step up in ways that, you know, no other generation could do before us. And whether it be using a drone to deliver supplies, even to those who are sick or finding ways to provide hope to those who are impacted, whether it be those who are impacted because of a loved one have it or they have it, just encouraging them that there is going to be hope and a cure for this in the future. If not a cure, our bodies will find a way to overcome that through fighting this virus. Like the viruses in the past where we built up an immunity to it and this become just a, a thought of the past where we look, upon, look back upon us and say, you remember what we felt like this? Remember how we felt here? We're beyond that. We're back to being strong and being whole and being able to uh, grow our communities and grow our jobs. This is where we can shine the most here, where we can be the most neighborly. We can be the most loving to everyone, not just our neighbors, but to our coworkers, to those who just don't may not understand what to do here, who may not understand what to do in this difficult situation, who may be afraid of, what to think of next, that we can just be this hope, this shiny hope for them, that they know that this don't have to be a thing of dread. This don't have to be a thing of where we feel like life is over. But instead, this can be where we shine to the point, the brightest, where because of this tough moment, we do what we always do especially in this nation, Americans. We find a way to find that strength that continues to allow us to show why we are, are Americans, what it means to be Americans, that we are willing to rise above it and help our neighbors out and show that spirit that made this country what it is. That's why I believe we have an opportunity here. And that's why for me, I'm not going to show dread. I'm not going to show fear and I'm not going to get down. I'm instead going to be excited and hopeful and mindful that this is going to be, this is going to be over soon. And I'm going to be that hope for others. Even when you don't hope, I'm going to hope for you. 
I'm going to believe for you. And that is what we have to do. And while we sitting here, we are trying to figure out what to do. Because let's be honest, with all the venues kind of being halted, travel being, you know, stopped or slowed down, and it's affecting a lot of industries. And they're all reacting in ways that they feel they know best. And, you know, everyone's going to preserve themselves, industries and companies at most. And one way that comes from them, quote, preserving their company and preserving the industry is to cut back the fat in, in any way they can, whether it be in jobs or uh, hours or, you know, um, pay cuts. And so we all have to deal with this this coming change that we know to expect. And so to help you get through it, I come up with a couple ways to kind of find ways to help us prepare for that. So the first thing I would suggest, go ahead and cut the cord and cut it completely. And I say this because, look, we don't need to be spending money on extra things that is just taking money out of our accounts. So and one of the biggest expenses that we all have is cable. Cable is just out of control right now. So I highly suggest if you can just keep high speed internet and may I suggest this too as well. Maybe look at over there cheat up television, you know, get any rabbit ears or, you know, get a good antenna. If you can get those channels and you can bring in a lot of high definition shows and channels and it will feel like you're really haven't cut the cord at all. So that's the first thing I recommend. Get rid of cable. If you can, the second thing I would say is it's time to make a decision on what streaming service to keep and we got to go. But some of these services have to go. You know, one of the things with us cord cutters, we suggested cutting the cord because, well, you know, cable was getting expensive. But now we find ourselves picking up all these streaming services to the point where we're spending just as much money on a streaming service as we did these cable packages. So. You know, as we sit there and we are being told that this service is going to provide this and that service is going to provide this. And the reality is that a lot of these services are going through their own little hiatus. You know, Disney Plus, when it first came out, they had some excitement, but now it's kind of dying down. Uh, DC Universe is not really as exciting as it is anymore. So choose the service that you your family is going to use and choose maybe one or two and everything else got to go. Just cut it. Be done with it. And, you know, because right now you don't need the unnecessary expenses to draw money out of your account. You want to save as much as you can. And may I also suggest another free service that really, you know, caught on lately, at least especially for me, it's Pluto TV. Because they have a lot of good shows that I think your family is going to be able to enjoy. You know, if your kids are enjoying a lot of shows on Disney Plus and, you know, getting rid of that may be a challenge. Just maybe may I suggest... You know, checking out Pluto TV. They may they're gonna find a lot of good content on there that is gonna keep them occupied. Yes, I know it's gonna be a challenge for a lot of them because they're gonna be missing a, a a couple of shows on Disney Plus. But I, I promise you, they'll be fine, and it's only gonna be temporary. So may I suggest that? The third thing. This is for me. You know, um, it's been a beneficial thing to having an unlocked phone. And if you have an unlocked phone, you may be able to find this beneficial as well. But if you're looking for ways to cut costs, this would be a good time to get rid of your your more expensive, you know, flagship carriers. And maybe look at one of these 
budget carriers, you know, just long enough to get through this storm. Look, when you're going through a storm and you're trying to, you know, make sure you have money saved, you can cut off, you know, some of that internet speed. We're not really on on, on our phones that much anyway, to the point where we got to have the fastest. In fact, a lot of these budget carriers, they have just as much speed or on par with a lot of your flagship carriers. So you'll be fine. So, yeah, look at that as a really good option. And another thing, man, um, a rain check on a lot of gadgets that you have planned to buy. And look, right now it's gadget season and it's about to pick up. You got Samsung just dropped their three or four phones, and everyone's talking about that, excited about that. LG's going to be dropping a phone. I know I'm looking forward to OnePlus. This is uh, OnePlus 8 and OnePlus 8 Pro. So we know that the gadgets are coming. And right now, uh, it, we don't need it. If More likely, you know, the phone you have is good enough as it is. You know, if you don't have it, you probably don't need it now. So Hold off on buying anything because you don't really need to charge anything or run up any more debt. You want to conserve as much as possible. So, hey, look, any gadget that's coming out right now, unfortunately for them, they're going to have to just deal without you going out there picking it up because you have more important things that need to be taken care of right now at this time in this venture. Another thing, if you are someone who's needing a phone, and I get it, you know, I, not all of us can just say hey, we can't go without buying a a new device because your phone may be at the point where it's on its last leg and you have to get rid of it or you have to get something. And if you are that person, first of all, I suggest you stay out of the stores, you know, your T-Mobile, your AT&T, your Sprint, your Verizon, which I know T-Mobile Sprint about to uh, wrap up their merger, but you know, stay out of them for a little bit because they're going to just try to sell you their flagship or try to get you in some type of debt. They're there to make money, which they all are. And may I suggest look at even Swapper or even go to Best Buy. And if you go to Best Buy, go to their unlock section. You're going to find a number of budget phones that I promise you will will work very, very well. And for a lot of you, you're not going to notice the difference. Something like a Motorola G or the Galaxy A50. You know, if you pick up some of these phones, you're going to find that, man, you may not want to go back to these flagship phones because these phones work just as good. So pick up one of these unlocked phones and you'll know if it's a truly unlocked phone because they'll say that it'll work on Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, Sprint, whatever. Pick up one of them and once you get it, you can pop your SIM card in there and you'll be fine. You'll be able to get through the day, you know, throw a little cheap $2, $3 case from Amazon on it and keep it moving and you're fine. You'll make it through the storm and you can save some money. Another thing I highly recommend to take a look at your budget. Now, I'm not going to cover the whole budget thing. I, I think that, you know, I'd rather send you to someone like a Dave Ramsey or someone, or someone who cover finances because that's their whole stick. That's their deal on covering finances and, you know, stuff like that. But the reason why I'm bringing it up, because when you write things down, you start looking at where your money going. You can check and make sure you covered everything because we all have that that parasite out there, a service that. We may have forgot we signed up for. We thought we, you know, we canceled. And you know, you're going through your uh, bank and you're going through, you know, uh, your your statements. You're like, man, what's this server that's coming out there? And you look at it you're like, man, it's this thing that I signed up for that I, I never, you know, canceled. And, and you know, when you write that stuff down, you look at your statements and you start looking at everything. You can cut those loose ends that needs to be cut. That way, you don't have anything to sucking away at your resources. Because right now. 
you know, you want to save as much money as possible to cover more important things. And that's, the you know, taking care of the house, the bills and the lights and stuff like that. You know, and you want to make sure we can get through this without unnecessary expenses. And those unnecessary expenses, especially those that you don't anticipate because they just, you know, uh, sucking money out your account that they need to go. And that'd be a good time to make sure you take care of that. And, you know. Through this period, you know, we just all looking for ways to save and if and every dollar matters. It really do. And if you can save up some money, you can avoid unnecessary expensive expenses. You can avoid, you know, uh, getting more into debt or going to any type of debt and just really concentrate on the, the most important things right now. I think we're going to get through this just fine. And yeah, if you do that, I think we'll be OK. So time for a little Pixel 4 talk. Kind of want to talk about my love-hate relationship with the gestures on the Pixel 4 XL. So, to kind of give you a little background, you know, uh, the Pixel 4, the Pixel 4 XL was released last November. And one of the features that was on that was gestures. Now, they weren't the first to kind of come up with that. In fact, a number of phones came up with it. But one phone in particular right before them was LG's uh, G8. They came out with it. And they weren't as polished as what Google is now, to be honest with you. So, you know, Google kind of came up with theirs in, in the Pixel 4 XL. It's kind of a big debate of talk of what they're going to use use it for and how they're going to use it. And now that we're kind of four months in, we had the opportunity to kind of see it. Now, they did add one new feature that's available now where you can, you know, you can, I'm going to say, slam your phone or slam your palm towards your your, your phone and they'll pause the music and play it. But one gesture I do use is to swipe left and right. And so I was driving home one day and in the middle of a crazy traffic. So, you know, I got my phone in my car dock and listen to music and I'm not trying to do anything, especially when the traffic is crazy. I'm just concentrating on just, you know, preparing for the guy in front of me to, or to the right of me. You know, I, I'm just concentrating to the most, you know, I'm waiting for someone to kind of slam on brakes or some person to pull out in front of me. I'm just looking all over and trying to make sure all my faculties is, is, is concentrating on that. Now, you know, that's my primary focus. I'm still wanting to, you know, get through the traffic calmly. And some way to get through that is, is listen to music. But every now and then you have a song, whether it be in your playlist or whatever, that, you know, for whatever reason, it's just not jiving right now. And you want to kind of move on. And, you know, you, you can't, when you're in deep traffic like that, you, you want to keep both hands on the steering wheel or if you got a stick, you got one, you know, on your shifter or whatever. But you're basically focused on that. You don't want to be playing with your phone at all, especially not a time like this. But I want to switch songs. And this is where that feature came in handy because I, I was able to quickly, you know, just take my hand off my steering wheel. It's just, just wave my hand quickly right around my phone and put my hand back on the steering wheel and I was able to skip songs. And I thought, man, now this is where this feature comes in really handy and it makes sense to have this feature on the phone. And I remember thinking, man, as much as I was critical of the Pixel 4 XL for having it in the past, I say Pixel 4 XL, but Pixel 4 as well, for having it in the past, I almost was ready to kind of say, I need to eat my words on this. Because this very well is a really good feature and it is very useful. But then another part kind of can't happen. And I say another part because this is the side 
that is kind of frustrating about this feature. And sometimes it can be too sensitive. And I say that because, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'll be listening to uh, SoundCloud and I'll be listening to a podcast on there. And I'll put the phone down and be doing something else. And I'm not waving, but yet it, it, it for whatever reason, it recognized me walking by it or, you know, moving by it or whatever, or a shadow moving by. It, and, and they'll sense it as, as me waving. And next thing you know, it'll either go back or forward. And, they, and I'm, I'm hearing the podcast start all over again or move to another song. And it's happened enough to where it's frustrating, where it's like, I almost hate listening to this podcast on this phone because, you know, I got to be very, very careful that it don't think I'm trying to wave and it's trying to, you know, get it to skip or whatever. And it's so much to the point where I probably need to go into settings and turn SoundCloud off as an uh, an app that can use this because it is really getting annoying. And it, it, that's one of the things where I feel like at times it can be too sensitive. But then at other times, it's not sensitive at, at all. You know, there be times I'm at the gym and I'm, I'm jogging or, you know, uh, jogging around the track and I pull out the phone and now, to be fair, I, I could have easily skipped that or swiped left or right with the my thumb, whatever. But I'm like, you know, waving by it just to, just to, just for giggles because I'm like, oh, let's see this feature work. And sure enough, it's not picking it up. In fact, I'm spending more time waving than I am jogging now. And, and it's to the point that I, I would have been better off just going ahead and just, you know, changing the song with you know my thumb if I would turn the, the uh, display back on. So this is where at times where I'm like, okay, you know, it's not working like it should. So if I had to give a grade for this feature, you know, the the gesture feature, I give it a C. You know, because when it do work, it works really well and it, it comes in very, very handy. And it's like one of those features like, man, I, I can see why it can be very, very beneficial to have this on the phone. But then at times it don't work at all. And then sometimes it can be very, very sensitive. So because it can be, let's say, things all over the place, but it can be, you know, uh, one time two cents and one time not where it needs to be. It's why I give it a C. You know, it's one of those things where I, I'm okay with it being on the phone. But I'm going to be honest with you. If it didn't come with the phone, I wouldn't be sad. So I do want to see what Google will be able to do in the future with it. If they continue to to bring the gesture feature into their future Pixel phones. Or if they're going to be one and done with it. And we'll kind of find out once we see what happens with the Pixel file. But we got to talk about Robinhood in my next segment right here because, man, so last week I had a, a big talk about Robinhood. I was one of the people who had my money in Robinhood when they had the outage. And I lost, I guess they lost money because to be fair, the market has been so up and down. You know, it's like, it's been kind of almost hard to predict what, the, what they're doing. But nevertheless, I was the person or one of the people who that was, kind of frustrated when Robinhood had the outage and definitely wasn't really happy with their overall response when it came to it. So, you know, needless to say, coming into this week, they had yet another outage. And it's like, thankfully, I had already moved my money to, to TD Ameritrade. So, you know, they had their outage. It didn't affect me at all. And, you know, I was seeing people going through their social media talking about, this is strike three, oh, it happened again. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, man, why you even stick around for strike three? I didn't stick around for a strike two, you know, because when it came to my money, you know, the first time they had the outage and they didn't have a real uh, answer for it that I felt like, 
you know, really said like we have a a solution to this and this is going to be our, our, our way to make sure that happen again. I didn't feel confident in uh, owners of the the app to continue on to, you know, make sure that this was something that's going to be stable in the future. So because of that, I said, you know what, it's time to go ahead and, and check out TD Ameritrade. And I moved on. So I was able to look at that and and see people complaining in, in social media and and you know, I felt for you guys, but I'm like, I'm thank good, I'm, I'm grateful that it's not me. So, yeah. And then along with that outage, you know, th- there was a story that broke that they basically maxed out, you know, 200 million in credit. Now, you know, the founders of Robinhood kind of assured people, that, hey, look, that's that's just normal. That's business usual. We're not the only one who maxed our credit out. We're not the only one who seek out this kind of, you know, uh, credit for. Finance not company. That's the way we operate. Now, if you ask me, if a company is so maxed out, two hundred million in debt, and and you know they're they're still trying to operate and figure things out, I'm expecting for the things to kind of cave in pretty soon because you know one of the things I'm kind of worried of, especially with someone like that that's in that kind of debt, is like what happens when the debtors start calling their debt. You know, what happens they say, look, you know, I I, I want our, we want our money or even better, they can't get any more money and they can't continue to operate. What happened to my money then? What happened to our investments? How long will it take for me to get my stuff out of their company into somewhere else? And these are the concerns I've had. So because of that, you know, and I said, I've loaned and stick around for strike too, but there is no way personally that I can, you know, continue to not only support them, or not support them, but even recommend anyone support them. Now, I'll give them this. As far as the app, you know, Robinhood, I do prefer the interface. It's more simplistic. It's easier for someone who is new to trading to kind of get in there, kind of learn the basics, and get their feet wet. It's a very good app for that. And it's one of the reasons why I kind of recommend people check it out as a way to kind of get an investment because it's just their interface overall is very simplistic. It's easy to navigate through. I love the way they kind of present the news. I love the way that you can kind of follow your shares and your stocks and all that stuff to kind of see where things are going. In fact, I prefer that over TD Ameritrade where I felt like the, the TD Ameritrade interface is more geared for seasoned investors, you know, those that have been in it for a little bit. So for those who are rookie or new to it, Robinhood is a very um, simplistic and I say one of the best interfaces when it comes to investing apps and one that I can truly recommend in that aspect. But I just can't recommend anyone put their money into it. So because of that, it's like, you know, I've moved to TD Ameritrade and I found myself trying to recommend it to my brother. And it, 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 I can say, again, with TD Ameritrade, is is geared for seasoned investors. So where Robinhood is set for you to start with one share, kind of get into it, and it's simple, it's basic, it's able to get going, and whatever. TD Ameritrade gives you more options. You know, it gives you the option to choose not, you know, either one share. In fact, when I first go to try to buy uh, shares off of TD Ameritrade, you know, it begins with a hundred shares versus you know one with uh, Robinhood. So 
you know, and the other thing I will say this with a TD Ameritrade is, you know, you have more options. Instead of just going in there and buy that market value, you can buy it at, at, at a set number. And where this come in handy would be like now where the stocks are plummeting. If you got a stock that you think is going to you know fall to a certain level, you can say, listen, I don't want to buy yet. So I'm going to put this order in. And once it hit this level, that's what I want you to buy. So that is, again, for something who is more advanced, it's going to be able to look into something like that. And it's going to be more beneficial. So this is one of those things where I think, you know, Robin Hood be very good for those who get into, like, to learn. But I think eventually you need to be moving on and graduating to uh, TD Ameritrade. Because I think it's going to be better overall for an investor. It's going to give you more options. And I feel like I have more confidence in the leadership of a TD Ameritrade right now than over in Robin Hood. I feel like the Robin Hood, you know, leadership is that's running that app has just kind of, you know, been very shaky at best and i'm just have not been confident at all in the kind of the overall energy and really the language and stuff they're putting out there so until they could kind of you know give people a, a more confident footing that that they got things under control i personally would not recommend it and i'm, I'm not recommending friends or families uh members to use their app at all but Let's move on to T-Mobile, you know, because T-Mobile, they're going to be moving into or starting some new leadership to take over the newly T-Mobile, the new T-Mobile, as they call it. And the new T-Mobile is basically the T-Mobile Sprint is now one company. It's official. We've been waiting for this for a while. Uh, we've been hearing about it for a while. So now that the new T-Mobile is, is coming online, our favorite uncle, John Laguerre, will be moving out, uh, moving aside and we'll be welcoming in the current T-Mobile COO, Mike Siever. So now he's been working under John Laguerre for a while, so I'm pretty sure he's, he understands what, what he's done and what it takes to continue to keep this company going forward. And I feel like he can very well take over the reins going forward for this company and can continue moving this company forward in the right direction. But my question is, can he still bring that same fire and spunk that a Laguerre brought? You know, that that energy that really made T-Mobile the interesting company that we see now. Because when Laguerre jumped onto the scene, man, he brought this boldness and this brashness, this kind of this attitude that, like, he was ready to take on our big boys. He was ready to, you know, take on AT&T and Verizon, and he wasn't afraid. He looked him in the eye and said, look, we're, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. And I know you the bigger boys, you the bigger guys, but I'm coming for you. And, you know, and he was backing up a lot of his talk. And over the years, he's transformed that company into a true contender that has really done a lot for the industry in general, really changing it and impacting in ways that I think benefited the customer overall. Now, in some ways, some people argue where it, where it, it provided some benefits in a way it kind of hurt. And one thing in particular is this, you know, for a long period of time when people used to buy phones, especially AT&T and Verizon, and Verizon was was really bad about this. You know, they, they'll tell you what the price of the plan was. And, you know, they'll say, OK, look, you know, the phone is this amount and, you know, over a two year plan. And what it was is like a lot of us, we understood that what happened was they have, they factored the cost of the phone into the two year plan. And once you took a, you know, took a right, I mean, subtracted the actual uh, cost of the actual phone, you realize how much you was paying in the plan. And you're like, well, what if someone like me who, who have an unlocked phone, you know, should I not get a discount for for 
having a plan or coming into your carrier. And for a while, Verizon AT&T would say, no, you're going to pay the same amount of money whether you have bought a phone through us or you bought an unlocked phone. And this is where T-Mobile shook things up because they separated and said, listen, you know, this is going to be the cost of a phone that you bought through us, and this is going to be the cost of the plan. And we're separating that because that's how it's supposed to be. That's how the rest of the world do it. And a lot of people like that. And it wasn't long before Verizon AT&T started catching up and doing the same thing. So there have been a number of things they've done with the undercarrier plan that really shook things up in the industry and changed the way that, you know, carriers had to react and how they, you know, reacted to it. And we've seen AT&T and Verizon do such a thing, trying to match it with their very own, if I say less favorable, undercarrier plans, you know, in a, in a response to what T-Mobile was doing. Now, the thing that kept the floor, uh, flood doors for, from busting open and people running in a mass exodus towards the pink was the simple fact that we still didn't have enough confidence in the infrastructure of T-Mobile. We felt like, look, you know, at the end of the day, if I lived in a certain neighborhood or if I had to drive through, you know, if I was someone who traveled, I feel more confident in someone like a Verizon or AT&T because they had more towers, they had more reach. So if I got stuck here, it will work. We're T-Mobile. We, they work very strong in the metro areas and in certain cities. But once you got outside of that, you can see their fall, them fall off a lot. So much so where in the metro for area for a while, they had strong LTE, but you get out of that area and not only would you not have 3G, but you'd be down to 2G. And it was frustrating to see that, man, they were far behind bigger guys. But over the years, they were invested, not only were, but they did invest in infrastructure and started to get better and better and started providing much better coverage. And because of that, they've been continuing to continue to chip away at the numbers of Verizon and AT&T, particularly AT&T. Now, Verizon, it wasn't impacted as much, but AT&T was hurt the most because, again, it was easier for a customer to take the AT&T phone over T-Mobile and test it out. And once they went over there and saw that, man, I'm just getting just as good of coverage over here and just as fast of speeds, I'm staying over here and I'm not going back. You know, I'm not going to continue to spend AT&T money when I can save money here. And honestly, that's pretty much what happened with me. You know, I kept having an issue where, you know, a certain tower at AT&T was kept being slow. And, you know, I was able to compare it to a phone that was running Google 5, which was running on T-Mobile's network. And when I was doing speed tests, a speed test on T-Mobile's, uh, even Google 5 was faster. It was more consistent. And I'm like, man, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and make the switch. And I made a switch and have a look back. So... I understand why that T-Mobile was able to get those numbers. And, yeah, you know, this uncarrier plan by Laguerre kind of helped out a lot and it really helped change the game and really shape it to the point where T-Mobile is where they are now, where they're able to get big enough to be able to buy a company like Sprint, make them an even bigger company, and provide an even a tougher rival or better rival towards AT&T and Verizon. But we got to see if this rival would actually benefit us in the long run or they would turn into another one of those AT&T Verizon customer companies that we all hated and, and which why we went to them in the first place. You know, because with Laguerre no, no longer running the show, with his new CEO kind of have that same, you know, playfulness, that same brass, the same boldness, the same excitement that that his, his that Laguerre had. And 
If not, you know, will he still continue to keep the company on that path or will he turn things for the worse? And unfortunately, we won't get a chance to see how that play out until the final change has been made. So let's get into some stadium talk. You know, to be, I got to be honest with you, man. I've been, I've been on stadium a lot lately and, you know, uh, I've actually been playing with my controller plugged in my HP Chromebook, uh, um, my HP Chromebook, and I've been loving it. And I, I just enjoy playing games on it, and it's gotten so much better. I gotta be honest with you. The first time I, I played a, a game on my Chromebook uh, over Wi-Fi, it was just, you know, it would, it wasn't as smooth. And now I'm, I'm able to play hours and hours of it, and and not having issues at all. Now, I get it. I really do, man. You know, I ask the same question, you know, where are the games at? And and we're still trying to see where these games are at. And I, and I know they're coming. And it's a matter of whether they're going to get some of the, the titles that's going to interest me and, and keep me willing to, to pay that money um, that they're asking for. But I'm, I'm, I'm willing to continue to give them a chance, you know. I, you know, with them continuing to, to bring in the, the people and, and, you know, I'm – Willing to give them a chance. And because that, we're going to continue on with Stadia Talk and continue talking about some of the upcoming announcements that they have made. And let's go over the latest announcements. Now, you know, they have a a partnership with Ubisoft and they're going to be bringing three more games to Ubisoft. And we're going to start with Tom Clancy's Division 2, developed by Ubisoft and Massive Entertainment and published by Ubisoft. And it's basically a first-person shooter that allow you know, uh, for pro, uh, cross progression and cross play with PC players at launch. And that's good because that's one of the things that I think a lot of people has been asking for with the uh, destiny Two is that they need to open this up to PCs and allow for us to have more people to play games with. Because right now, if we just rely on the stadium alone, you know, it feel like what people kind of, you know, um, getting cold towards it. Some people kind of go ahead and let their subscriptions die out and move on for it. We'll find it harder and harder for people to play with when it comes to these these games, these open world games, and we definitely want to be open to have more people to kind of play with when it comes to that. So, you know, look for that uh, March 25th. Another game to look for on March 25th would be The Crew 2, and that's developed by Ivory Tower and published by Ubisoft. It's a racing game where it allows players to race cars, boats, planes, and bikes across the country. And, you know, uh, obviously, the more you win, the more you earn, and you able to uh, build bigger devices or bigger racing machines, and and you do that so you can achieve fame. So that's definitely going to be something, if you're into a racing game, to maybe you want to check out. And the last game they put out there was Monopoly, and that's developed by Engine Software and published, like I said, by Ubisoft as well. And, you know, we all familiar with the game. You know, we've been, our parents have played this game. Our parents' parents have played this game. And Monopoly is basically the game that teaches us about money, how business work. And and it's basically a staple for a lot of your financial books that talk about that. And this game will basically be a, it's a board game that you can play through Stadia. And that will be available April 28th. So for you loyal Stadia fans and players, this is something you can still look forward to. Now, as I get ready to close out, I want to give a, a couple of shout outs real quick, you know, particularly to a couple of people who made some comments in my last YouTube video. Um, some of my, my YouTube videos lately, I've been I've been experimenting with an idea, you know, uh, doing skits and 
the reason why I want to do so, do that because you know I enjoy talking tech, but everybody talks tech, and I want to find something different. And one day it came an idea just to try something out, you know, because for me with a lot of things with tech, I kind of see both sides of an argument, you know, with uh, something like the Pixel. You know, I've several times come on my 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 podcast and at one time been all for the Pixel. And another time, I'm, I'm ready to be done with it. You know, so these are like real life, you know, thoughts that I have. And because in reality, you know, there are times I've been very, very frustrated uh, with Google with the their Pixel phones. And there are times when I'm like, man, I'm loving this phone. And there have been a lot of times I've been that way with certain things. So, you know, I acted out, you know, a person who supports it. And then obviously, you know, the other side, people who had very good arguments on why this is not working. And I enjoyed doing that. And I'm like, man, I want to do more of that because it was fun. It was different. And it allowed me to kind of play around that. Now, as I did, you know, more videos of it, you know, I, I start learning how we, I can get better with it. And, you know, coming up with, you know, dialogue and, and, and you know, skits and all that stuff. It took a while. And I want to continue to get better with that and continue to play with it. But in my last one, you know, I, I did one on Stadia. In fact, I want to say about a couple of them I've been doing on Stadia. And it talked about, you know, some of the the, the latest news that came out last week. And one of the uh, people had made a comment, and it was a good comment. You know, basically, Jack Naparino, I hope I got it right, he had pointed out that I had said that the studio here, Shannon um, Standstill, was... And basically, he said it was a woman. And so let me. He pointed out that st- uh, studio head Shannon Standstill was a woman. And you know, at first I read that like, okay, you know, all right, I get you. I don't, I don't know why you made that point. And then I went back and watched my video again. I realized, you know, surely enough, I, I kept referring to Shannon as a a guy. I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I can't believe I made that mistake. So you know, big face power moment there and. You know, thanks for pointing that out. In fact, I went ahead and pinned that comment, and I'm, I'm thanking for pointing that out. And you know, I've kind of, I want to continue to get better with my uh, my skits. I need to do a better job writing that out. Make sure I'm doing a better job researching everything, and I've also learned about mic placement. You know, because the last couple of times I had the mic placement low, and I did it because I want definitely want to keep it out of the fan, uh, the frame. But you know, when it's low, it picks up the fan noise in my computer. So. I got to be mindful where I, I keep all my equipment at. And, I, and I'm learning that with more and more videos. So the other couple of people I want to give shout outs to for making the comment was Drone Wolf and Comical Canadian. And that's this going to be something that I'm, I'm probably going to start doing in the future. If anyone that make a comment on my YouTube uh, channels uh, to try to give them a shout out on my podcast in the future. But in closing out, guys, I, I hope you all continue to have a safe and fun weekend. Guys, I look forward to talking to you next week as we continue to talk tech. You know, for those of you out there who are uh, trying to figure out what to do next with this stadium, uh, I'm sorry, this coronavirus, look, you know, there's, there's only so much you can do. And there are some things you got to, I say, leave in, in the hands of someone bigger than us. So at the end of the day, don't allow this to get you down. Be cautious, but don't be afraid. Be hopeful. And all, make sure we continue to be as neighborly and helpful as possible to those, whether they have it 
and for those who are afraid of what's coming next. Just be that, that ray of hope, that, that sunshine and, and the cloudiness for others. But I look forward to talking to you guys next week. That's all I got here. I'm out. Thank you.